Welcome back to NetAffinity's new partner podcast series. My name is Niall and I'm the Partnerships Manager here at NetAffinity. The purpose of this podcast is to educate, share and meet our international partners that we work closely with and to talk about all things hotels from technology, revenue management, marketing and distribution. Our second guest on this week's partner podcast series is George Titlow. George is the Director of Sales UK and Ireland at Hotel Times Solutions. Headquartered in Prague in the Czech Republic, Hotel Times cloud-based systems are currently running in more than 500 hotels and restaurants in 12 countries worldwide. George, always good to catch up. Last time we saw each other, we were doing a whistle-stop tour of London for the Hotel Tech Awards, and then we went on to Birmingham and Cheltenham as part of the Infor Hospitality events. How have you been since, and how is everything going on your side? Yes. So first of all, thanks. Thanks for um, having me, Niall. And I don't know so much about talking about your partners and, and revenue management systems and educating. I'd very much like to talk about your COVID-19 lockdown haircut, if you don't mind, on this podcast. <laughs> so we'll get to that later, I'm sure. But yeah, no. So yeah, been been very well since I last saw you. But I mean, I think it's fair to say it's a completely different world since uh, since since we last saw each other. So doing in-for hospitality involving, you know, um, getting hoteliers together in one room, hotel tech awards, obviously packed in a award ceremony and in a conference earlier that day. So yeah, it certainly seems like a, a different world. Yeah, definitely. I guess if I bring it back to the very beginning, I guess a little bit about, I suppose, your experience where you are right now with, I suppose, the Hotel Time Solutions and kind of, I suppose, what your background is specifically from, from the hotel industry itself. So just just very briefly then for those of uh, the listeners who don't know Hotel Time Solutions. So it's a um, a Czech-based company. So the headquarters is in Prague and have kind of a, a suite of four products, which just very briefly is the is the PMS, the POS solution, kind of our, our core products, if you like. And then we also have a Libero, which is a, a solution for spa hotels. So a spa management system and a conference and event system. It's a, a cloud-based system, been around since 2002, and the system was born and, and designed to be in the cloud. So um, it's not a system that was a server-based system and then migrated to the cloud. So in 2002, obviously, that was quite innovative to be, you know, designing something to be in the cloud. I, I for one, didn't even know what the cloud was then. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, obviously, the, the guys there were quite innovative in thinking ahead. And in terms then of my background, I've been with Hotel Time for around two years. And if we work backwards, I was before that with STR, benchmarking company, working a lot with hotel data and and hotel performance, which gives a very interesting um, insight into the industry, obviously um, sitting in the middle between hotels and operators and investors and and kind of the push and pull between all of those and and the data. And before that, I kind of had my introduction to hotels from studying. I did a master's in in hospitality management a bit later in life because before that I'd actually owned a, a small coffee shop and been a diving instructor living in the Bahamas and an English teacher living in Thailand so kind of done a few things in my 20s and then decided that hospitality was for me so that's how I've landed in this uh, hospitality industry which I love. And you're based in in Brighton obviously south of London so gives you a good opportunity but you're and you have a London office then which is obviously is your main base. Yes, so I'll be travelling into to London, not so much, or not at all, should I say, since uh, since March. But previously, would yeah, spend a lot of time in London, but live down the south coast in in Brighton. So a lovely place to live, access to the downs for walking and the beach for swimming. Yeah, I suppose you're similar to me, where I'm based in Ireland. I'm based in Westport, so I, I can I suppose on the west coast. 
So we've been next to the seaside and uh, a real tourist and, and destination hub, I guess, similar to Brighton as well um, at weekends. So I guess in Westport and Brighton have a lot in common as well. As they'll, be the cha- they'll have, I suppose, a bigger challenge with COVID-19 at the moment and trying to recapture in the, um, the tourist industry and trying to bring it back to those type of destinations. If we look at, I suppose, the PMS, because it's, it's quite an important solution for hotels and it's, it's definitely a conversation we have quite regularly on our side when hotels are, are talking about the technology they have what are kind of the key things that a hotel should be looking for from a pms from a from a systems perspective and what kind of benefits should it offer them yes an interesting one i mean you you sent through the questions and i kind of replied to you and saying you know this could be a podcast all in itself so you might want to <laughs> it's kind of dangerous to ask me this question because i might run away with the 20 minutes that we have talking about this so what, what I would say is we at Hotel Time, we take a very approach that every hotel is different. Um, it's not one size fits all. I think that's one of the real strengths. You know, we try and get to know hotels and understand their challenges and, and how Hotel Time as a system can help them solve that. So what I would say is, is I could now sit here and chat to you and say there's, there's a list of key features that hotels should be looking for because that list will be different for every hotel sure it's the same for you with any any elements of people that work with hotels that sell to hotels you've got to understand the business before you can provide them a solution what i would say to hotels is for them to if they're thinking about pms and it's often such an like seen as such an overwhelming project because it sits right at the heart of the hotel it's the brain of the hotel and such a challenge perhaps to to rip out your old one and, and replace it so what i would say is to ask themselves the question that you've just asked me Niall, and figure out what are the most important things for them and that could be features. So it could be, you know, is there strong reporting? Can I very easily access my RevPAR for a, a given day or which you, you should be able to in, in, a, in a decent PMS, obviously? Or it could be something, you know, sitting much higher than that. It might be, you know, is the philosophy of this company in tune with what I want to do? Do I want to do business with hotel time who are very personal and and will probably do the implementation and sit and have a beer with me afterwards or, you know, a coffee and and kind of chat? Or do I want to be attached to a, a large corporate company, which, you know, maybe there's some benefits to that as well could be aligning things such as integrations you know hotel time is an open platform so we just do the pms and then we'll connect to other partners and we we like to phrase it as you know we let you choose your hotel stack we don't prescribe it to you for some hotels an all-in-one solution might be better because they don't want to talk to niall at net affinity about their booking engine issues and, and george at hotel time about the pms and someone else about something else they want one provider that does everything and that's fine that can work well for some hotels but i think it's to answer your question it's, it's important to try and have a, a clear strategy of what you're trying to achieve before going ahead otherwise it does get overwhelming yeah what I, what I always find interesting when I'm when, I, when I'm with you in the UK or with your team in, in the Czech Republic it's really admirable how much time and effort you put into the installation process and the fact that you go on property for that kind of that week two week period that you spend with them and uh, it's always interesting how far you plan ahead on everything you hear that very little within the industry and we're speaking with our hotels that setup is so important because if you get the setup right at the start it makes everything easy and smoother in the long term so it's always nice when I'm kind of catching up with, with Philippe or with Jan or yourself they're kind of telling me about your schedule and where you're towing, what they're going to do and the plan that's in place for them. Well, from our point of view, it kind of has to be like that. We don't see how certainly a PMS can just be an off the shelf. Here you go, get on with it. Because there's so many, as I said, every hotel for us is different. Every single hotel is different. 
how you can have an off-the-shelf product and just tell people, okay, here is here's an onboarding call, get on with it. We just don't really understand that. As you said, we like to be on-site. Obviously, that that will probably change um, for the foreseeable future, and it will be done online. But yeah, certainly we like to understand the hotel and really understand how hotel time can support them and hopefully in, enhance their operations. So yeah, if you're looking kind of at the different systems within the PMS, is obviously you have your your four different elements within there. Are they all normal? Typically, when you're when you're working with a hotel, would they take obviously the PMS is the core element? Would they typically take the other three systems as well, or how how would you normally work with it? Probably the majority of our clients would just have hotel time as the PMS, and then whether they're looking at the other three products would depend whether they're how important those features are in their hotel. So, for example, you know our sweet spot for a client would be let's say a hundred rooms and and two restaurants and a spa and conference and events because obviously then we can cover all of those uh, which yeah. a lot of systems can't but equally we have a lot of clients who are, might be simple room only kind of limited service property and equally hotel time will, will cover that just as well something you mentioned earlier was um you mentioned i suppose kind of cloud base in which in which hotel time is since 2002 I think definitely for for me to understand, which I think was a challenge in the past, but I understand now, but for maybe our listeners who don't necessarily, if you could maybe just kind of give our listeners a kind of brief explanation about what the difference between a legacy PMS is versus a cloud-based PMS. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. And I will keep it simple. Won't go too technical. And you all know me, Niall. That's mainly because I can't go too technical because I'm (laughs) uh, essentially a a business developer, a salesperson rather than than an IT developer. A cloud-based system would really mean you can access your, in, in this example, we're talking about PMS. So you could access your PMS anytime, anywhere. So whether I'm sitting at home or whether I'm in the reception of my hotel or whether I'm on the beach in the Maldives, hopefully when we can travel again, whatever it may be, I can log in on my phone or my laptop or my tablet and I can access the, the hotel's PMS from there in the same way that you do nowadays with your, you know, maybe your Gmail, right? You know, it doesn't okay. matter where you are, you can log in. Compared to a legacy system, which would be something with dusty servers, so a physical box hardware sitting somewhere in your hotel, which means that you have to be on that computer or on that site to be able to log in, to be able to access the the PMS or or the, the data of the system. I guess you've kind of seen what the challenges are now for potentially properties who are using legacy systems versus cloud-based systems in kind of the current environment where maybe potentially if you're if you're a revenue manager or revenue director and you're not, you're not technically living close to your hotel it's very difficult for you to access your technology I imagine. Yeah, I mean, I think for us being being a cloud-based system, it just seems ludicrous that people aren't, you know, even if it's not with hotel time, we kind of think of everyone now should be on a cloud-based system and we forget that people aren't. And I think for hotels that are using legacy systems, which have servers in a, you know, in a, a moldy or dusty basement somewhere, it's probably brought it into a sharp focus, you know, because if you can't access your system, especially if you're in lockdown, you, you know, you're not supposed to be leaving unless it's for essential travel. So, you know, these people would have had to travel to their hotel, potentially breaking the, the local laws just to be able yeah. to get access their PMS in order to cancel a reservation or, or run a report. We've heard stories of people having to do exactly that and then providers charging them to set up a, a VPN, which is a virtual private network to enable them to access that system remotely. I think, yeah, we'll have brought these kind of issues into sharper focus for a lot of hotels. And I think we're going to talk about, you know, COVID-19 and impact on the industry, potentially. I'm sure we will. But I would say one of the things that, that could potentially happen is it's accelerated a lot of these uh, developments and changes with which hotels might have yeah. thought I'm going to do various changes to systems or move from legacy to cloud or, or install new software. 
oh, I'll do that at some point in the next year or three years or five years. And it might be a case of that's accelerating it because, uh, you know, of necessity, you know, was the, the cliche is necessity is the mother of invention or something along those lines. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's kind of this, these kind of past six or seven weeks have definitely given hoteliers the opportunity to kind of review their technology. And I suppose what you find as well potentially is that youth people are now using the technology that may have not have used it previously or may have not have had so many touch points around the technology itself. So I suppose there's that whole retraining element and I suppose educational aspect with technology and I suppose I suppose people are starting to review other alternative technology options as well which is good and then it brings kind of trendsetters within the technology industry to the fore which is important as well and I think that challenges everyone within the hotel tech industry as well but if we talk about like say your your own kind of suppose personal COVID-19 experience within the UK how have things been for you on your side? On a personal level, I've, I've probably been again very cliched lockdowner. I've um, I've signed up to Babbel, the, the the language podcast. So my wife is Italian, Niall, as, as you probably know, um, yeah. and she's been <laughs> bugging me for years to learn Italian properly. So I'm now I'm currently doing my daily Babbel. I do yoga in my garden, which is not a sentence I thought I'd ever utter, but um, yeah, doing that on a nearly daily basis. I've considerably upped my DIY game. And yeah, the, the, the major downside personally is, you know, obviously just putting a lighter spin on it here a little bit now. I know it's a serious issue, the whole um, pandemic, but for me, it's the cancellation of the cricket season. So there's COVID-19 and I've labelled this COVIX-20, which is cancellation of very important cricket season. At, at the cricket club, I posted a video and encouraged people to wear their cricket whites, you know, like the cricket uniform. <laughs> On yeah. a Saturday afternoon when we would have been playing, the league should have started last week. So people have both posted uh, videos and photos of themselves wearing their cricket gear in various kind of, you know, funny situations in the shop and doing DIY and things like that. Yeah. Trying to keep a lighter touch to the, to the lockdown, yeah. Yeah, it's actually got quite popular in Ireland over the kind of last kind of three or four years. We have uh, our, I think it's our 2020 team where we are, have become quite good and they've played in a few World Cups as well. So uh, they've got a bit of a fan base now in Ireland. I think they play all their matches up in, in Malahide. I think England have come over from kind of test series and I think we've had shirts yeah. go over as well. So it's, it's kind of been interesting. But again, it kind of brings a whole new sports perspective into, into Ireland as well, which which is interesting. Um, we, we played cricket, I think, for one year in school. But it was kind of part of a PE activity so it was uh, yeah it was it was interesting when it was kind of I suppose traditionally it would be a rugby school so when we were being taught cricket it was kind of something quite new to, new to all right, yeah, yeah. it was yeah and definitely from like the DOI perspective as well it, it's interesting like I, I kind of spent my time doing a bit of barbecuing and I've kind of spent more time now in the garden which is something definitely I would never have promoted to myself to, or nor to anyone else because I would have ran as far as away as possible if, if I was asked to do something it definitely brings a sense of almost community into the household when you're when you're spending so much time with each other. And I suppose I'm similar to yourself, George. We we would travel quite regularly for work. So I'm on a plane every three or four weeks, and I'm gone for four or five days or a week or two weeks at a time. So it's definitely interesting. And trying to at this stage now, it's kind of six or seven weeks in. I suppose I'm into quite a good routine. I would I would say myself with regards to getting up in the morning and working and exercise and balance. And it's definitely been an interesting experience, even from internally, like from the net affinity perspective, where all working remotely as I was kind of mentioned previously and we've all kind of come together as a team as well over the past kind of seven or eight weeks and I guess you're the same inside hotel time and we've almost all improved our internal communication with, with one another. 
what kind of communication have you had with your with your clients with regards to I suppose when it all started initially with, with COVID nineteen? I mean, I, w- I won't beat you around the bush or kind of sugarcoat it. It's been I've had some challenging yeah, it's been a challenging time for us. Obviously, as, as you all know now, you know when you're a vendor to the hotel industry and the hotel industry was so hit so hard so quickly and so early before a lot of financial measures were announced or or government support so there were some hoteliers who were very panicked just going from you know kind of 80% to 20% occupancy overnight and then 20% to nothing so I had some difficult conversations but you know that that's the the beauty of working for a a small and agile company like Hotel Times given a lot of autonomy in how to how to deal with those situations and again as I said we understand that every hotel and every business is different so it's really been um, dealing with it on a on a case by case basis and I think people have generally really appreciated that because it would probably be easier to do a blanket communication and say you know this is hotel time this is a statement from us this is what we're doing but rather than do that we've tried to deal with it on a case-by-case basis let people call us and and kind of vent and let us know what their their issues are and see how we can help them um, and then where appropriate, if we haven't heard from people, reach out to them. So by and large, it's reflective. And you mentioned it earlier, Hotel Time take a great deal of effort to get close to their clients. We don't do implementations and training on site where possible. And in situations like this, it kind of pays off because we know them. They know us as two businesses. And um, it's kind of been, generally speaking, adult grown up conversations about how we can get through it. And, and we've, we've been candid with them. You know, we're a small company and we will rely on our hotels and our clients to support us in some way whether that be you know making partial payments paying what they can to to keep us going and you know they've been very very responsive so we're we're lucky in that that respect well it'll be interesting from i suppose the hotel tech side of things as well is the fact that i suppose we're so used to meeting one another at at events or at at shows or as part of info hospitality which we kind of work closely with a number of other partners and kind of traveling around the uk and, and other areas within europe it'll be interesting how we all start to communicate as a group to hotels Definitely over the past kind of three or four weeks, I feel that clients are becoming more comfortable with the likes of kind of Zoom calls and, <laughs> and, and demos and demos off site. We'd very much be like similar to yourselves. You know, we like to be on site, meet the client, have all of the touch points because it's very much about building relationship first and then the business, business comes second. So and even for my parents now, I do like a weekly Zoom call, which is unusual, uh, where previously they would never yeah. answer the house phone, never mind the <laughs> So I think from, from a client's perspective, they're getting much more comfortable with technology that we use as well, which is really important. It's a, it's a good point because for me, I'm, I'm working remotely from our headquarters, you know, they're in Prague. And yeah, again, like, like yourself doing demos with hotels, you obviously you like to be on site, but it's not always possible. So for me, using things like Zoom was, was second nature like you, but the, the amount of time would often be wasted by a hotel or, or yeah, a partner that you were speaking to trying to connect to Zoom, trying to work out the microphone and get themselves off mute and how it all works. Whereas now, yeah. as you say, if, you're, if your mum and your gran can do it, then you know <laughs> equally the, the hotels or the partners or everyone we're working with. So yeah, I think it will become more like second nature will be interesting to see if, if hotels do still value that kind of on-site and, and face-to-face contact or if it's not seen as so important anymore. How do you think the events aspect will evolve? Traditionally, we, we would have, I suppose, post-summer, you would have independent hotel show, which would take place in London. And then obviously one of the largest events, you would have WTM in London. I saw just for ATM, for Arabian travel market in June, which is obviously kind of pushed back. It was originally just to take place in April. They're going to do a virtual, a virtual ATM now. Do you think something similar like that will happen for maybe independent hotel show or for WTM in London? 
I would say, I don't know with events, I would say potentially could, could there be like a, a hybrid in the future? So yeah, you're going to have probably less people than traditionally would go to WTM because mm. of social distancing, because people are, are concerned about travel. Could the event potentially still be going ahead live, but with a much heavier uh, tech remote side as well? So, you know, as we just said, a lot of people are getting more comfortable, savvy about using, you know, Zoom and, and Skype and these kind of things. So perhaps you'll be sitting in your booth and doing those face-to-face meetings, but equally someone will be will be on Zoom with you whilst you're in your booth. So they feel that experience of being there at the same time. So that would be mm-hmm. one sort of off the top of my head for the, for the larger type events. Yeah, because you definitely see with the virtual with the virtual conferences, obviously you see that Apple use them quite regularly themselves internally for their kind of their weekly and their monthly and quarterly updates. And Google are quite the same um, for their large workforce they have in, in Dublin as well. So it'd be kind of interesting to see if something like that evolves into a larger scale for the larger events. But there there are kind of I suppose key events throughout the year for the for the hotel industry, for the I suppose technology partners and for the hotels. It's to kind of meet meet their suppliers and meet the meet the providers and share beer or share a cup of coffee and just kind of more to catch up and it's more that kind of relationship update again what's changing in the hotel or or maybe local or on-site challenges that are being experienced and they're always kind of great events to iron things out good or bad so absolutely yeah what I was going to try and finish up with maybe is if where you kind of see maybe I know it's kind of into the prediction of where you kind of see the rest (laughs) of the going what your own kind of focuses might be for the rest of the year certainly so probably show you here now that I've been spending way too long on, on lockdown and, and reading sort of various articles on LinkedIn and, and Facebook because I, I read something actually I think it was passed to me by one of the other team members at hotel time but the Japanese word for crisis is a mixture between the words for danger and opportunity okay so that's what uh, yeah I think it was originally passed to me by, by one of the guys at hotel time Sam I think it was who you know and then I, I looked it up and read it and, and indeed it's true and I thought that was that was quite apt so that's you know how I would kind of summarize where we are as hotel time we definitely realize you know it's, it's a challenging period for our clients and therefore a challenging period for us but equally there'll be opportunity for us we think you know with some who knows hotel tech companies might unfortunately go out of business or, or have a change in their business model which obviously we wouldn't wish on anyone but there'll be opportunity there but more so from the side that I think you kind of alluded to earlier with people with uh, hoteliers with time on their hands who might be reviewing their systems some technology updates that they might have thought of I'm going to do that at some point in the future might now have been brought into again to, to sharp, sharper focus by thinking well a I've got time on my hands and b I've realized that my supplier is too expensive or it's outdated or it doesn't give me the support I want in in, in the time when I needed it in a real you know all these kind of things that we think actually people will be during this period of closure and then potentially low demand when they reopen actually be looking around at new systems so we think as hotel time is very well place for hoteliers to be able to future-proof their hotels we've got a good offering a good reputation so we think while some companies may sadly fall by the wayside the ones with a good value offering for for hotels will actually see some opportunity so that's the positive side and then obviously it's about stabilizing the business and, and ensuring that we can support our clients as best we can as they come through the challenging period and you know making sure that we, we retain our staff as we have done so far and start 2021 hopefully with a fresh outlook well, George, thanks for taking the time to to join us. I appreciate. It. I know it's kind of it's, it's a busy period in between calls and demos and, and updates. So I appreciate you kind of taking the time to join us. No worries. Thanks for having me.